Welcome back to the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Lots to talk about in the world of rugby league and beyond, it must be said as well. Uh, the draw, the draw, the draw. We're talking about the draw a lot. We'll do that with Jaleesa Apps from Channel 7, who I think is a little sleep-deprived today. G'day, J.A. Yeah, g'day, Jimmy. I couldn't sleep last night, and I'm so tragic. Every time I can't sleep, I either put you on... Or I put Sports Day on if I haven't listened to them, although I tend to listen to them while I'm driving home. Right. Cracking show. Couldn't believe you didn't know the reference to Glenn. Like, wouldn't kill you to listen to someone other than yourself. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I just had a really rager last night listening to all the SEN content. Get it on the app. Yeah, download the app now. Absolutely. Anywhere at any time, it would seem you are living proof of that. All right, what do we make of the draw? Yes, we've had the story. Oh, it favours the Broncos and uh, some other sides as well. But the draw is the draw, is the way I see it, J.A.? I couldn't care less. Like, I just... I don't know if I'm in rugby... I'm out checked out of rugby league season for a few months, but I just don't care. Like... They had the lock-up yesterday. I mean, I wasn't rostered on yesterday, so I wasn't at work yesterday. But they had a lock-up like it was budget. And they have to do that now because there's so many articles written, you know, in advance. And we all talk about it. And I've run it in my stories. And, you know, like, we, we're we all just – we just never stop, do we, rugby league? We're, we're so annoying as people. But, um, yeah, I just don't care. Like, play play well every week. Play well at the last one you win, that's the end. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's a few things like, who's got the buy round one? That's always a, of interest. And and added interest too because of round zero over in Las Vegas. Who's got the buy magic round? Who's got the least number of five-day turnarounds? Who's got the most number of five-day turnarounds? And that's probably about it for me. The five-day turnarounds are kind of interesting. The buy bores me because like people say, oh, you know, the Eels have got to play, like, I think yes. it's five teams after they're coming off the bye. And it's like, but there's a there's an element of thought out there that when you're coming off a bye, you're out of whack. Like, yes. that a bye actually, a lot of coaches don't actually like byes. So, I don't know, it's just whoever you talk to and whoever, you know, which way the wind blows in terms of their team. So, I don't think you can take much out of a draw except you will have to win games and a significant amount of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, not all buys are created equal to a buy in round two is not equal to a buy in in round twenty one. So uh, that's the other part of that as well. And and as you say, if you win more games than you lose, guess what? You probably make the semi finals. So uh, there you go on that one. Uh, very interesting yesterday with the revelations coming via the Daily Telegraph, and then Steve Mitchell, the CEO of the Gold Coast Titans talking on the Sports Day program about this David Fafita contract clause. It's it's extraordinary that you allow this to happen. I understand it given he's going from 1.25 million down to a lot less than that. So you have a you have a bit of wiggle room there. Gee, Des has is going to have to win him over in the first 10 rounds otherwise D Fafita is out of there. I always find these clauses in contracts, it feels like you panic bought a little bit, doesn't it? Like it feels like you were so worried about losing someone that you threw in this random clause and it was like a future, future Titans problem. But then we don't really know. I think like I was listening to sports day um, on the app at 3am and we don't really know too much 
definitely about that because obviously he can't tell us everything. It's the the commercial nature of of that. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I I mean, it's always just kind of kicking the stone down the road, isn't it, for the for a future problem and a future disruption and um, waiting to see, you know, what what he does. Um, I did notice yesterday that you um, took aim at Des, and I'm wondering what he did to you because it was quite. <laughs> borderline unhinged the rant that you went on unprovoked i have to say like all of a sudden it was just let's mention des hasler's name and spiral for three minutes but i really enjoyed it like it was quite entertaining but my point was i was listening to des and he was doing all these flippant um, remarks to journalists and let's face it right it's probably young journalists that are there working at their domestic, uh, the local newspaper or the local TV network. They're, they've been sent by their boss. Go and get something out of Des Hasler. Des is all this flipping stuff. And you're like, you know what, Des, you have so much to offer. Why don't you give them something? Why don't you pull back the curtain a little, just a little bit? Just reveal something of interest that's not such a smart-ass takedown uh, take uh, for these reporters. I just thought, you know what, Des, you are so much better than that. You're a two-time premiership winning coach. I know Des personally, and... Yes, he made me do my own body weights back in 1997, and maybe that's at the heart of what this whole thing is all about. <laughs> but, but you know, Des is, he's got so much to offer. Just give a little bit, especially for the people that are covering the game. I think it, the the respect that you can show those people, and you would have seen this firsthand, J.A., the respect you show that pe- those people comes back in spades when it comes to their reporting of you. Oh, yeah. And look, I'm laughing about like, but what else is new, to be honest? Like, and often in those areas too, breathing down their neck, those journos neck is some annoying person in Sydney, like myself going, can you get something for Sydney? Because we're a bit light on here, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, Yeah. they're they're just doing their job. But I mean, nothing, it's nothing new in the NRL. Like there's very... There's a there's a few coaches. I don't like to point out the ones that are bad because that's just never going to end well for anyone, is it? But <laughs> well, why don't few... you point out the point out the ones that are good then? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give a I'll give a good one. Um, I'll give two. Trent Robinson. He's always yep. respectful to whoever is asking him a question. As much as it pains me to praise your roosters, but he's always incredibly respectful, incredibly thoughtful in his answers, very composed, mm. always giving, you know, the time of day, I guess, to whoever's asking the question. And the other one is Madge. Like, he had to answer some pretty horrific questions for the last three years. And, you know, you'd work rock up to tiger's training and he's going to get a match yep just the usual again like you know how long are you going to hold on to your job yep sorry mate you know like but always super respectful and i find it an interesting dynamic because i i think it is obviously like coaches that probably just look at us and probably look at me and go god what like what do you know of course i don't owe you anything but the thing is, mm. is that you're actually the mouthpiece for the fans and in my yes. mind the fans are their employer like they're paying their way. I always, I always think that they should think of the the fans as as their employer because they're paying their wage and they're answerable. And I find it interesting sometimes when coaches push back on fans' opinions and say, "Well, what would they know?" Or they don't sort of that kind of mentality because I think, well, they're they're paying your wage. They're, they're who you know buying the jersey, turning up to the game, supporting your club. 
that's your wage that it's supporting. Yep. So, and how many times do you hear fans turn on clubs and go, I'm not paying my membership this year? Well, that, that hurts the club. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, now, you're out at Rugby Australia. They're having all sorts of problems. We know that. Uh, well documented. Um, and, and one of the things about Eddie Jones leaving is that there were a number of uh, stipulations within his contract that weren't met. One of them was a centralised model. And from what I understand, J.A., they're still having issues with all of the super rugby teams being on board with that. Yeah, so they're trying to move to this centralised model where uh, Rugby Australia would essentially take control of the running of each club. Um, And that, I guess, is done with an overview of let's sort of have this centralised main aim goal of getting the Wallaby to a better spot to get the obviously commercial success you always want but uh, but you need those results on the field so let's have that all based at Rugby Australia and we can manage all that high performance and, and get all on the same page. Why on earth would any club want to do this given that what we've seen from Rugby Australia over the past few years I can understand so the Waratahs were the first ones to sign on and they are praising it. There is a little bit of gaps in the detail too about what this actually means sort of for the day-to-day because um, mm-hmm. that's all still being nutted out. So the Waratahs, they're, they're really supportive of it. So they're fine, happy with it. The, the clubs that are not happy with it are the Brumbies and Queensland in particular. My understanding for the Brumbies, there was a concern there of like, what if they move them or uh, yep. shut them down, decide. Now, I asked that question today and um You know, the CEO said, well, um, we've given the guarantee that that won't happen. But if I'm a club, why would I want to hand over my IP, the intellectual property, hand over control of my club when Rugby Australia can't really run itself at the moment? So I can see why the clubs are hesitant to this. Yeah, no, it's a very legitimate concern. And from what I understand, the Brumbies, so they were concerned about being moved, but they don't have a whole heap of money. The Waratahs have no money, but the Queensland Reds are very solvent. And they're like, well, you know, what's in it for us? So uh, I think they are legitimate concerns. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, women's state of origin, it goes to three games as of 2024. Gee, that was an obvious one. That is so straightforward. And I love the fact that the NRL has done it. Oh, yeah, fantastic. And with Magic Round in there and everything, like really, you know, the smart decision. I think they were left having, being able to make no other decision but that. It's funny that you mentioned like sort of rugby league and and rugby because one of the things I think really needs to happen with these sports and they need to stop competing against each other. Like obviously we're seeing all the the articles come out with, um, you know, the poaching players and blah, blah, blah. And there's, egos and that kind of thing I think what sports are really confused about who their competition is they see the competition as each other their competition is not each other their competition is TikTok it is streaming it is YouTube it is every other way that people are entertaining themselves rather than watching sport so in the 90s what do you do you turn on the TV and you watch sport now you've got all this plethora of other activity so I actually think these sports need to actually come together and one of the ways I suggested doing that today is like why don't you have a double like sort of a ticket double header where you buy a ticket to rugby league and you can get into the Waratahs or like they need to stop being this fake you've they're fighting goats like you need to unite yeah. a bit yeah gee that's really interesting I was reading some articles the other day and they're talking about the writers strike 
um, and and uh, and the actors strike over in Hollywood, and they were talking about you know Netflix. Netflix just went, that's fine. We'll just make all our content overseas. And it had absolutely zero impact on them. In fact, their share price rose in that period of time. And and they're not the concern for um, Netflix either. TikTok is the concern because the vast majority of people under 30 spend far more time on TikTok than they do watching you know, television, whether it's traditional or non-traditional. It's a very interesting point that you raised, J.A., and out of time. And so we're going to have to explore that in greater detail uh, another time. And I know you're sleep-deprived today too, so this has been fantastic introducing new content into the program. Oh, yeah, I'm always extra angry when I'm sleep-deprived. You should get me more often. <laughs> that, that's great. Well, you, do, you send a little alert to us when you're sleep-deprived and we'll get you on. How's that? Oh, every bloody night. Every bloody night. <laughs> Thank you, J.A. Peace.